Meet Me for Coffee this week is brought to you by Chatter365, an awesome app that you can uh, not bother people. It uh, has an anti-trolling software. I can't harass you. You can't harass me. It stops you dead in your tracks. Also has auto-translate. So today we're talking to Robert Cool Bell from Cool and the Gang. So if Robert has a friend over in China and uh, wants to talk to them, it's something that's it's very hard to talk to a Chinese person or anybody else speaking a different language. Uh, for me, it's good because I have Greek family. I have family in Argentina. They speak Spanish. And uh, I can't always keep going back to Google Translate. So on their end, they speak Spanish. It automatically translates in between to me in English. And I speak to them in English. And it translates to them in Spanish. Chatter365.com to get all that information. And you can download it wherever you get your apps. And this week, we got an amazing interview. I'm really looking forward to this. It's Robert Cool Bell from Cool and the Gang. How's it going, Robert? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, very privileged to talk to you. Um, originally discovered your music. Obviously, I'm, I'm 31 years old. My mom turned me on to you guys, and we have a few records at our home, and uh, we definitely listen to it, and she's very ecstatic to hear this interview. And 50 years, 50 years, you know, has there ever been uh, a time where you're just like, I'm done? Like, did it ever get to you that much, or was it a smooth ride the whole way? Well, you know, George, it's, um, it's never a smooth ride. Absolutely. You know, we had ups and downs, but, um, yeah, we're very uh, blessed to be uh, together for, for 50 years, actually 51 years. And the first record came out in 1969, uh, but we saw it back in 1964. But in terms of cooling the game, 51 years. Is it true that the cool with the K came after you met somebody who had the name cool? Yes, that's true. He what were, what were you calling yourself before? Was it Tamango? Oh, you know the history. Yeah, I, I try. Tamango now, um, <laughs> let me start. Let me go back. Sure. Born in Longstown, Ohio. Came to Jersey City in 1960. And then in 1964, that's when we kind of uh, met with um, my brother and I, with uh, Spike Micken and D.T. Thomas, and went on to form the uh, Jazzy Acts. And after that, it was the Soul Town Band. Now, Tomango was a, a name that I kind of picked up, okay? Country boy coming to the city surrounded by Newark and New York. And I was trying to kind of fit in. I'm, I'm gonna make this kind of short if I can, George. Yeah, absolutely. And you've always played bass the whole time, right? No, I played paint cast, man, back in the beginning. <laughs> My brother and I, um, we used to take these paint cans, right? And uh, depending on how much uh, paint was in the bottom of the can, it created a certain tone. And uh, we used to sit, and this is back in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, this is uh, Catholic Church, it's called the uh, Immaculate Church. And we used to sit up on that little hill and beat those drums and it echoed out into the valley. So that's kind of how what we started on. Then when we moved to Jersey City, of course, my mother was, uh, she's able to get us some, some bongos and the conga. And uh, my brother played uh, um, uh, saxophone. So that's kind of like how it happened. But let me get back to the Tamango, because I had to deal with the street. <laughs> and uh, I picked up the name Tamango because 
there was a movie out called Tomago. And uh, Dorothy, Dorothy Dandridge was uh, in that movie. And I said, I kind of like that guy. So anyway, I became Tomango. And um, so I was able to deal with the neighborhood with that name, not knowing that one day it would be changed to Cool in the Gang. Of course, I changed my name to Cool. Now, getting back to what you were saying, there was a guy named Cool. He spelled it with, with a C. And I said, I like that name. And I took on the name Cool. It's my middle name, and I spelled it with a K. Because you're that cool, man. You are cool. When I think about cool with a K, there used to be a radio station around the corner from my house here. They spelled it with a K. And I always thought that it, it always reminded me of you, uh, cool in the gang, right? Cool FM, uh, Robert Cool Bell. And uh, so a few names you guys had instead of cool in the gang, it was the Jazz Yaks, Jazz Birds. You really wanted to get to that, have that jazz in your name ev eventually, but it never worked out, did it? No, actually, it was like you said, the Jazz Birds, the Jazzy Axe, and then we changed the name to the uh, Soul Town Band because there was an organization called the Soul Town Review. Now, they were trying to be like the Motown Review, and we became the uh, Soul Town Band. And we that, had the back. That's up. great. Like the, the history of rock and roll, when people look back and, 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 and think about, some of the most influential bands of all time. How does it feel to be one of those bands that made an impact on rock and roll and in music in general? Well, Phil, it's great. I mean, because like I said, we started as uh, the Jazzy Acts. And then when we started uh, working with the Soul Town uh, Review, we started playing more R&B because we, we would have to back up about 10 to 12 groups and they were singing the Motown hits. And then of course, uh, one of the guys, they called him Tiny, Tiny Terry, and he used to sing a lot of James Brown stuff. Yeah. And so we kind of got our chops together in the funk with James Brown because we, we had to play those songs for Tiny Terry. That's unreal. You know, you, you never think, you never know what your destiny really is until it fully unfolds. I mean, uh, you're, you're how old now? Well, I'm hit the big 7-0 this year. Wow. And, and you guys were still planning on going out this year. Uh, if it wasn't for this coronavirus stuff, you guys would be on the road, right? Well, yeah, we do over 100 shows a year. Incredible. Yeah, uh, the virus hit. We uh, lost about 40 shows, 40 plus. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, yeah. I, heard, I heard that every time you go to a new city, you like to walk around because it's a cool uh, way to see the city, a cool decay way to see the city, man. And, uh, go ahead with what you were saying before. Well, I like to get around and check out the, the new city. And plus, it was, uh, you know, it's good exercise. Absolutely. I'm now, but I'm on lockdown in Old Town, which is here in Orlando. I have to stay on my turf, but I get up in the morning and uh, walk and keep my exercise together. And, and those basses behind you, uh, the bass and the guitar, that's Zahn Guitars, right? Oh, you know Zahn? You know John Zahn? I don't know John Zahn, but uh, I've looked them up. It, they're nice. They're nice instruments. Um, I, I would like to play one one day, but hopefully that day comes soon. But still, like, uh, what interests you about the bass in the first place? Well, let me go back to the Zahn right quick. Okay. As you know, the Zahn has a, a small neck. It's a graphite neck, and I have a small head. Now, when I started playing in the early days, I used to play the Fender Jazz, which had the small neck. 
But getting back to how uh, I started playing bass, uh, I was uh, we was in New York, um, and um, we were playing at um, this club in New York, and uh, my brother asked me, uh, "Cool, won't you get up there and play the bass?" Now, the reason why he said that because at one of the guys' house, uh, Spike Mickens, and his brother Butch played guitar. I learned how to play one song on one string, and that was Coming Home Baby. Wow. And I said, well, let me try it. And I played Coming Home Baby on the one string, and that was the beginning of me playing bass. You know? I, think, I think one of the, now that I'm thinking about it, the, there's a lot of bands out there that, that are forgotten. And I think that the, the, the music for you, that you created with Cool and the Gang, it, it's immortal. And, and because it makes people feel good. It makes people move when they hear it. Uh, it ha- it's got a good bass, bass line, a good beat, uh, good lyrics. And I want to get back to a, a song called Celebration. Uh, the, the lyrics to that song, was it written before you guys put down the tracks or like how, how does it work with your songwriting process, especially for celebration? Well, my, my brother uh, came up with the main uh, uh, title and uh, the main part of the song. We were uh, celebrating the fact that after kind of turning our career around and we had won the two American Music Awards for Ladies Night. Started with Ladies Night. At that time, J.T. Taylor had uh, became a part of the band, and uh, we ha- we decided to get a lead singer. So, after winning two American uh, Music Awards, a part of uh, Ladies' Night has uh, celebrate, celebrate the times. Come on, and he said, "Hey, man, I got an idea." We said, "What? I want to write a song called Celebration," and uh, he played the track. And it had that kind of like down home group, you know, like you're sitting on the on the porch, maybe in Ohio or Birmingham, Alabama, sitting back in the rocking chair and grandma sitting there. So it had that little vibe to it, and that dang dang down then Yahoo. Now who knew that that song was gonna become uh, such a big hit over the years? It's in place in movies and a lot of uh, projects, uh, especially for film over, I don't know how many times, but uh, going back to ladies night, a lot of people were questioning why cool and the gang were on the Van Halen tour back in 2012. And David Lee Roth's excuse or explanation was back in the eighties, when we came out with 1984, we were one of the hottest bands in the eighties. And so was cool and the gang with ladies night. And of course, celebration. Uh, How did it feel to tour with one of the best bands of all time in Van Halen? It was great. It was great because I said, wow, cool in the gang and Van Halen. And um, so uh, David told me, he said, listen, man, back in the day, we used to play funky stuff, Jungle Boogie, out in the clubs, out in L.A. And he said that our audience is 60% ladies, which I didn't know. He said, you guys wrote the song Ladies Night. And then uh, they had Jump and we had Celebration. So he said, hey, cool, let's go out and have a party. So some of the fans, you know, if you listen to social media, what, what's the matter with David? Cool, the gang, go open up for you guys? 
He said, yes. And we did that first show, man. You know, we, we had a little rock. We played misled and the emergency. And then we got to um, uh, ladies' night, get down on and funky stuff. We saw, I saw what David was talking about because the ladies, they got up on ladies' night and the hardcore Van Halen fans, she said, you better get your butt up and get down on it. She didn't know that was going to be the next song. Well, they didn't know. So the next song was Get Down On It. And then when we went to Celebration, it was all over. So David, he knew what he was doing. And you probably you probably had a lot of people realize who you guys are. And being an older band, there's a lot of younger people who are into Van Halen that go to these concerts. It's like, whoa, whoa, Get Down On It, Celebration, Ladies Night. These are the guys. So you make new fans. And, and we talk about uh, the evolution of the music industry, the streaming thing. You have, what, two, 20, 2 million plus people who follow you on Spotify. How has it changed for you? How do you make money off that? Well, um, you know, being old school myself, I didn't quite uh, understand what streaming was all about. But um, in terms of uh, a fan base, what, what started to happen was that uh, groups that uh, were streaming it helped their career in terms of uh, putting people in the seats. Because when, you, when you're streaming, you know, I, I'm from the school of cassette, vinyls, CDs. So I was trying to understand what is streaming all about. But it turned out to be before the, uh, you know, the virus. The streaming uh, builds your audience so that when you go and travel around the world, people come to see you based on you putting people in the seats. Well, I congratulate you on an amazing career, Cool. I want to talk about your champagne. Well, the champagne is called the Cool Champagne. Um, traveling in Europe uh, for many years and with a, um, a fan base that we have, like in France, uh, promoter came up to me and he was doing something with Barry White, the late Barry White, and the Bee Gees. And he asked us about, well, what about uh, you guys doing the champagne? So I thought about it. I said, well, when you go to a concert, you know, people are not, they come to, to see you and they want a T-shirt and a cap. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, um, my thing was, well, I think I really bottle, buy a bottle of champagne. And so what I want is retail. So I came up with this idea called Le Cool Champagne. And we wanted to start in Europe first, in France. And then come to America. So I felt that it would have that vibe coming to America, like Dom Pelion and Verve Clicquot and, and Moïse and Don, that Le Cool will have a French flavor to it. And um, that's where we're at. I mean, we got kind of backed up a little bit with the, uh, uh, I call it the Corona Blues. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, that uh, right now, things are starting to pick up now uh, in, in America for the Lacoul Champagne. And you've got a cologne as well you're working on too. Yes, that's another one uh, called Just Cool. So um, we want to push the uh, cologne and the champagne. And right now, because of what's going on right now, we have kind of 
bit, bit of a setback, but you know what? You'll get, you'll back, get back on your way, get back on the stage eventually. Uh, 51 years. I, I want to talk about original titles. I, I read that Jungle Boogie was originally a Junkyard Boogie. Why the change? Well, almost Junkyard Boogie. It was called Jungle Jim. Jungle Jim. <laughs> but the was, I'm, try, I'm going to try to make this very quick. Uh, it was after um, having a territorial hits like Funky Granny, Funky Man, uh, funk, uh, and some uh, uh, Breeze and Soul. The record company came to us and said, listen, you guys are doing all right, you know, in certain markets, Philadelphia, New York, and New Jersey. She said, but um, I think you need a producer. And we said, oh, yeah. So they came to us about the producer who had produced uh, Mongo the Mongo, and they had this big uh, record called Soul Makusa. We met with the guy once, and we weren't feeling what he was coming up with. So we went into a studio, uh, baggage studio downtown in, uh, in the Soho district, New York, and we went in about 8 o'clock in the morning, and we just jammed all day. So by midnight, we had created funky stuff, jungle boogie, and Hollywood Swing. So needless to say, no more problems on the record. That, that was the turnaround point in the mid-70s. That's incredible. The chemistry between you guys must be, you guys, you guys have known each other since you guys were in high school, right? Yes. Unreal. A lot of bands struggle to stay together. I mean, 51 years, like, I think I probably would have broken up with my band like five or six times, if not like a, probably 20 times. Uh, you know, I, I found this really interesting fact. One of your band members, Dennis Thomas or DT, he's a self-taught sax player. And I'm just reading this because I, I found some interesting facts on you guys. Did he originally play with a mouthpiece upside down? Yes, he did. <laughs> well, he was, that was one of the interesting facts that I found. DT was into Cannibal My brother was into John Those. I listened to uh, Ron Carter. Also, Paul Chambers, and then, of course, uh, Bob Jameson that cut all those tracks for Motown, you know. And, and when we talk about uh, composing music, you said that one day you guys jammed and you guys created all these songs. How, how, how many songs do you have in the vault still to be released, or do you haven't have a new album coming out at any point in time? No, we are constantly working on new material. My brother's down in St. Thomas. And it's just coming up with new ideas, new concept. I guess, you know, one thing uh, with, with uh, being a uh, uh, home and not being able to do gigs, uh, but also the creativity, uh, the, the juices are flowing. And we have a concept and a song that he came up with called World Peace. And, uh, and, and for the pursuit of happiness. So that's what we're working on, and hopefully we'll be coming out next year. That's incredible. So how do people get in touch with you to get the cool champagne or any one of your products, Robert? Well, for Cool in the Gang, it's coolinthegang.com. And for the champagne, it's coolchampagne.com. And do you drink coffee, Robert? Yes, I do. Well, this is Meet Me for Coffee. Well, how do you take your coffee? <laughs> I like espresso. Me too. It's the Sambuca. It's the Italian way. I was in Sicily and I was sitting with the mayor of Palermo. 
with, uh, at that time, was uh, Buddy Miles. He said, listen, man, he said, you guys need to try this. Try what? Take the espresso, put a little Sambuco in there. And I did. And since then, I've been drinking my espresso, not all the time, but espresso and Sambuco. Espresso awakens the senses, and I thank you for coming on my show. Cool. It's been a pleasure, and I hope we can do it again soon. Well, thank you very much, man. And uh, we appreciate you and all the fans around the world.